So this is going to be a sort of mid-season break. The start of a mid-season break for us. Yeah. Way to kick it off. Just <laughs> real serious. Um, but yes, Men's Right, we are going to take... Uh, this will be the last episode for a short while, and then we will come back with more. Um, but there's some life events happening. Dun, 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 dun. I'm getting married, uh, <laughs> and I don't know, Min's doing something. I'm not. <laughs> I'm just chilling. Yeah. But but um, but we also probably need a little bit of time to write that's right. and like actually generate some content t- before we talk I to agree. you people. I agree. Um, but, uh, so, we still have an episode ahead. <laughs> Don't turn off now. Um, we, we have some things to talk about. But, uh, yeah, just, you know, just to get you ready emotionally. Roll the theme. Watch on the process beginning to end. Talking shop with your musical friends. Austin and Min. Austin and Min. Austin and Min. Write a musical. All right, episode eight. Eight. Um, eight is great. Eight is great. We're recording this <laughs> on 420, but neither of us are high. Or are we? It's, it's a real mystery. <laughs> um, high on musical creation. Yes. On story building. <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's the best drug there is. Is it clear that we were the nerds in high school yet? Yeah, well, may I? I don't know. I always thought of myself as is. I like had this image of myself as uh, the the oppressed dork because um, that's who I liked in movies the most. But then uh, I I think like halfway through college, it was like, oh no, it was that Tina. I, have we even talked about this on the podcast? It was a uh, it was like my Tina Fey moment of like, uh oh, when I assume that I'm not cool. I'm actually snubbing everybody who just wants to be my friend, or whatever. We have not talked about oh. it on this podcast. Well, that's that feels th- like a bigger topic. Sure, yeah. We well, that's a thing that later happened to me. <laughs> I, I, it felt, it felt like personal growth, and I, I don't know. Maybe I'm over. Maybe I'm thinking worse of myself than I was. But I definitely had a moment of like, oh no, I've been popular this whole time, and I was rude. <laughs> I. I can relate, actually. I don't think it was... I don't necessarily think I was rude, but I definitely didn't believe that a lot of people liked me. <laughs> Why are we talking about this? Because <laughs> it's important. We're, it's we're, important. We're kicking things off. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I can relate to that. And it's like... And then you... There come moments like I won the most valuable player, because we had that in choir... Oh, Not yeah. Not that I played sports. I didn't play sports. But I got Most Valuable Player in my freshman choir and in uh, concert choir and chamber singers. So three different years I was voted. Yeah. <laughs> so that is was that, like, it was like evidence like, oh, people like me. Is that what choir calls junior varsity and varsity? They did at my school. It was like, I forget what the first one was called. Like freshman choir, uh-huh. I forget what it was called. Yeah. Mixed chorus, I think. And then there was a second chorus that only women could join called treble airs. Okay. Which I always thought was like both like sucky because it's like, oh, I want to join uh, like an all-male version of that. Sure. But also kind of cool because then you can just upgrade to concert choir and mm. skip the treble airs if you weren't a woman. Yeah. Um, so then concert choir was the next and then chamber singers was a more elite, smaller 
oh yeah group that I didn't join until senior year. Yeah. But I got MVP then. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> you are the most valuable. Uh, yeah, P doesn't really work for me in a choir setting. You are the most valuable singer, vocalist, yeah. MVV. Singer with a PS. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, hey, uh, how it's been a little bit since we recorded. You've since been on a retreat. Have, yeah. Yeah. I have been on a retreat. I was working on a play with another collaborator. Don't get jealous. Oh, I, I will. <laughs> but I'm going to play it cool. Good. And I'm going to ask, how was it? Uh, it was very... Uh, Good for us. That, good is not a good word, but I'm going to use it. Uh, my collaborator, Brad Erickson, who's also a playwright, who is a playwright, and I worked on a play or musical tentatively titled Low Country Assisted Living, which wow. basically tells the story about Brad's experience with his family and his aging parents and dealing with assisted living, dealing with hospital visits and all that jazz. Uh, so... Yeah, we uh, he invited me on board to be the composer for it, and this was maybe the first... I, I joined him for a retreat for two nights back in January, but this was the first time we've had this much time to just devote to it. Yeah. And we got a lot done. Uh, I wrote a song that I think was very um, impactful emotionally, mm. and I think Brad thought so too. And we also had one of those like miracle moments where... Or I don't know what the word is, miracle moments, magical moments, where at the last minute, like just before we were supposed to present on Sunday, we both knew, like on Friday afternoon, we both knew that the opening needed to be different. Sure. So Did you both a, know in the exact same way? We kind it, of did. You walked in and were like, we need to what? do that. And they were like, yeah. I, uh, and, oh, and then you just sat down and it just flowed out. Maybe of less cinematic. Sure. But yes, uh, and basically Saturday was a flurry of rewriting this opening number that I had already written, and then sending or giving it to the actors who had to learn this new version of the song, and then we did it, and everybody, it, you could tell in the room everybody felt really excited about this newer opening number. Yeah. So it was things like that that happened over the week, and yeah, I feel like we're in a good place. We're excited to meet up again in a bit and see what the next steps are. Yeah, um, but because of that, our show hasn't really been crossing my mind. So oh. we'll see. It'll be really extemporaneous, whatever. Well, I know you told up. me not to get jealous, but I, <laughs> having heard that now, I don't know how to control it. Well, I thought you were going to play it cool. <laughs> well, I was, and now I, you know, I can't, I, I can't tamp it down. Um, <laughs> the... So, what were you doing in the week that I was busy working with another oh, collaborator? I was not working on this. Uh, it's been, it's been <laughs> crazy. Um, the, that your story about the moment of um, the magical moment because they do happen. They do. But um, my one of my favorite things to hate is like watching uh, moments of creation in biopics of movies. <laughs> you mean the montage? Well, or like in. Um, in the Doors movie, which I've never actually really seen, I've only seen pieces of. I've not seen uh, it. But either. with Val Kilmer as Jim Morrison, uh -huh. um, there's a moment where they're like sort of first getting together and they uh, are coming up with the song Light My Fire and they like get a little snippet of it in the room and then the guy playing Raymond Zarek or whoever that is uh, is like, hold on, let me, let me throw a little keyboard part on this. And, like, it's one of the most iconic, oh. like, solos. But he's just like, I just need to work something out real fast. 
um, and, and they like, like magically like layer it on together. Is that what happens? Yeah. Well, and well, no. It's like I just need to figure something out. And so then, like Val Kilmer goes, and they it, they like take a moment to like take a little walk on the beach and have like some story advancing like emotional moment. But then like the keyboardist runs out and is like, "I got it, you guys. Let's go again." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I don't know how. I don't. Maybe that's how it was done. It but, may uh, have been. Seems unlikely. It doesn't happen like that usually. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, um, speaking of the Doors movie, uh, what <laughs> uh, media or anything? What inspirational things, interesting things, have you engaged with this week? Uh, anything in general busy? lately? I've been trying to watch all the Harry Potter films. Oh. I, have, I have not seen them. What? Yeah. So what? Why? Why have I not? No, I mean, oh, why... Why like, am I? Yeah. Uh, it was about time. Sure. I, I think I wanted to, and I really wanted to get to the books, but I started the first one, and I just knew yeah. I wasn't... I Like, my brain wasn't gonna, like, take all this in. And, you know, people talk about it like, you need to read it, they're so enjoyable, and I, I get it, but I'm not in a place right now where bo- reading books is gonna just be this, like, relaxing pastime. Sure. It's more engaging for me. Who... It's telling you, like, uh, I guess so what So many age? people. Yeah, but, like, people our uh, age or younger? Younger, for yeah. sure. I think I, I think I literally missed the Harry Potter enthusiasm train <laughs> by, like, two years. Two or yeah. three. I and was... I, yeah. Well, because the first book came out, I guess maybe I was in, like... I was, like, fifth or sixth grade. Uh-huh. And I remember it being, like, yeah, this is good, but, like, I'm about to be beyond this the age in, in and interest. and the way the the story have you seen them or read them yeah 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 the movie you know the I've way they both. progress is like with the age of the readers right yes. so like by the time you get to movie six which is the one i just finished it's way darker much more like adult themes as far uh-huh. as like dealing with death and dealing with evil <laughs> yeah. you know like or, you know compare it to the first movie where it's like very magical chris yes. columbus chris is columbus. the director <laughs> yeah um yeah well i think the movies do that a lot more so than the books mm. although i know people are reading the books a lot more closely than i ever did yeah. i just sort of tore through them for plot and not particularly for them- themes sure um yeah but, uh but people love them and that's great and i like i like them i don't uh, have any real problem with them. It's yeah. just like, I got to college and there were these groups of people that were like so Im- impassioned, so passionate they about are. them. And they're, it was like, wow. They're very passionate. Uh, they're very insistent on the way I should experience. Uh-huh. <laughs> we're gonna get... We haven't gotten a ton of emails, but now we're gonna get a bunch of emails <laughs> about Harry Potter, I can tell. Um, but... Yeah, I appreciate them, and I appreciate the lore. I'm not a huge fantasy person as well, so it is. I think what gets me is I the lore aspect of it yeah. seems so thin to me. Like I don't, I she built a, a she built Hogwarts. Uh huh. I think very with a lot of clarity, but the world outside, I have no idea what's happening at all. Yeah. Um. Like what? What decade is this, and what? Yeah, you know, and where like are they? What What role does magic actually play in the world? Yeah. Um. Or like, yeah, it just it's um it's very small, I think, in scope. Sure. Um. Do I agree with that? 
I think within the universe that she creates, it doesn't feel small. But I get it I, in well, the context of the world. I guess I also don't mean small like... Uh, well, one, I definitely don't mean small like in a negative sense. I mean... And I may not even mean small. I mean like close. It feels very um, insular. Yeah. Um, I can see that. Like, uh, I don't know. There's like three... There's like a total of three magical schools... And seemingly no magical grad, like college or and are they all British? Graduate school. Well, one of them's <laughs> Eastern European, right? Oh yeah, that's right. And, and then that, the you're other talking one about Goblet of Fire now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I think I didn't think about that too much because I was just like, eh. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it's not. Well, so I think that's what I mean. Is like you don't. I didn't think about it too much, and then we got to college, and everybody was like, "This is so deep." And I was I like, see what oh, you're yeah, how yeah, deep yeah. does it go? And then I, it didn't seem that deep to me. Like compared to like Star Wars, which has, well, like even that. Layer, layers and, no. I, well, <laughs> no, I mean, I, that, that at least is very, uh, expansive. Like people yeah, have yeah, spent yeah. a lot of time like adding things on. I, my complaint about Star Wars is just that it's kind of, uh, because it's, it's one of these fandoms that like has allowed everybody to sort of pile on like i see no real point to it as far as like continuity yeah like it's just sort of in star wars you can get anything right because like <laughs> there's always going to be a planet that has that thing that you want on it like there's going to be the swamp planet over there and they'll have this person and it's like how's this person related to this it's like oh well that's meaningful because two thousand years ago this happened um i don't know it's just like where anything can happen then nothing too exciting is going to happen, right? <laughs> you need some rules. I guess so. Yeah, I get what you're saying, I think. I really like Star Wars, and I really like, <laughs> I really like all the pieces. I was telling uh, someone the other day, like, I, George Lucas came up with great objects. Uh-huh. Like, that lightsaber as, like... A magic. I think about this all the time. Like in a fairy tale, my favorite parts are like we're gonna give you this lasso and it's gonna do this thing, and we're gonna give you this shield and it's special in this way. And it's like the big ones are like magic sword, magic shoes, magic cloak. Uh-huh. Um, but it's like if I were gonna come up with my own that was unique, like what would that be? Sure. And, uh, it's tough. I mean, I think you just sort of the formulas usual object and then give it some sort of extra property yeah but the best ones like that lightsaber it's all it is is just a sword that can turn off (laughs) (laughs) and it can uh cut through anything and it can bounce lasers well so i think how i react to that is i was i was about to say earlier that i i'm not a big fantasy person Mm -hmm. so like lord of the rings Mm -hmm. i i appreciated i appreciated them but i didn't like fall in love with it and need to know everything about them. I think it's similar with Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. And I even think it's similar for me with Star Wars. I like Star Trek more than I like Star Wars. And mm. I think it's because I lean more, if you had to even compare sci-fi and fantasy, even though there's a lot of overlap, I lean more towards the sci-fi. So it's like the lightsaber to me is an example of a sci-fi object in mm-hmm. Star Wars yeah. versus the fantasy adventure that they go on. And really Star Wars, as much as it is science-y and in space, it's not like... A science fiction in the sense of like really thinking about technology. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Thinking about where we're heading in the future, which a lot of, you know, Star Trek is. It's supposed to be the continuity of where we are today in the future. Sure. But yeah, and so I think even with Harry Potter, like I can appreciate it, but I'm not, 
I don't need to immerse myself in this world. There's I don't know what it is. I think it's just a preference. I'm not a big yeah big fantasy person. And I think even I said that earlier in this podcast when we were talking about what game we're trying to create here. The fantasy game just didn't appeal to me. Yeah. Like that that it's been done before, et cetera, et cetera. But but all that to say, I'm appreciating the Harry Potter films. I am critiquing them. I'm putting my critiques online on Facebook and there, there's no shortage of opinions. Uh, people who agree with me, people who disagree with me, who, who are passionate and keep telling me I should read the books, I should read the books, I should read the books, and I get it. Have you, um, okay, have you watched, uh, what's the fifth movie? Chamber of Secrets? That's the second one. No, sorry, yes. But, uh, yeah, what's fifth the fifth one? Fifth one is book? The Order of the Phoenix. That's right. Don't they find a secret chamber in that book, though? The room of... The Where they practice? Yeah. Or they, like, they, they prepare to battle? Yes. I, I think so. Great, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but anyways, that one, that movie... So you've watched it? Yeah. At the end, all the people show up, and um, there's all these people, like all the aurors, like show up at the end of the movie. Oh, uh-huh. And I saw it in theaters with my friend, and he turned to me, we were leaving the theater, and he was like, who were all of those people? <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's so-and-so, and I was, and he was like, who is this one? And I was like, that's Kingsley Shacklebolt. <laughs> He's like, who the hell is Kingsley Shacklebolt? Because he had never seen any of them? Um, well, like, do you, are they ever introduced before that moment, really? I think they were. I think some of them are, but I feel like... You kind of get this idea that Sirius just has a bunch of people, that he has a band of people, and some of them were introduced earlier, yeah. Interesting, yeah. I don't know if, I mean, I'm probably wrong, but I just remember this, like, being so amused that, yeah, if you hadn't read the books, you would have no idea who any of these people were. There is some truth to that, and I I can see why that's why people want me to read the books, um, but it's also like, back off. <laughs> you're, you're lucky I'm watching the film so I can know what the heck I'm looking at when I go to Universal Studios. Yeah. Um, well, I, uh, listened, on your recommendation, listened to that book, Algorithms to Live By. Oh, you finished? I haven't even finished audible. it yet. Oh, yeah, I am, <laughs> I am through it. And on to the next science book. Oh, cool. This, uh, listening to science books on tape is going to revolutionize my car writing experience. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I loved it, That's and great. I thought about the only one that I was well, I thought about it all the time, and I was very impressed with just like the way computers work. Mm-hmm. Um, like they are little miracles inside yeah. metal boxes. Um, but uh, the optimal stopping seemed relevant to our story, mm. um, just in like because we had talked about a person who is sort of more settled into her life and then a younger person who maybe thinks that they could really make a go of this relationship um, and, like, what sacrifice would the older person who's in a relationship be making to, to mm-hmm. leave that relationship? Um, and so that, I don't know, that we'd necessarily want to discuss it inside of the show. Sure. But... Um, well, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it it would have to come up naturally. I wouldn't want to shove it in. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Just that kind of computation, like the I don't know, uh, the idea that these characters with the backdrop of a game would be sort of crunching uh, emotional numbers um, to make decisions seems interesting yeah. to me. I yeah, I mean, I wonder if that becomes an aspect of the gameplay as far as, like, how do these characters make their decisions? Yeah. But that's, you know, that's getting detailed in 
Maybe we don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, should we uh, play one of those little piano things that goes, and then we'll talk about the plot? One, two, ready, go. So we have an email. An email. Somebody actually emailed us at austinandmin at gmail.com, and it's our friend Adam Neiman, who I've worked with. I don't know. You've, have you worked with Adam not, before? Not directly. I've seen him in your show in bad kitty on stage yeah. uh and he is actually also uh working on a play or a musical right now with um wes scott the two of them created a musical called jfk and me which i saw a reading for i thought it was hilarious i'm excited to see where it goes next and that was just a little shout out <laughs> that's that's the kind of attention you get if you send an email <laughs> You get a shout out. That's right. So thank you, Adam, for emailing. Uh, here's what he had to say. He says, just finished episode six when you discussed plot points about the game developers making a change to the game. Have you considered the developers releasing a sequel to the game? Maybe the sequel makes a lot of improvements but removes the chat feature, which wouldn't affect most players but would definitely affect our leads. I like that idea. I do too. Uh, uh- yeah, or some something like it. Something um, like it. It feels much more like earlier we were talking about some something that the developers do that is very. It almost feels unnatural, or like they're going out of their way. Yeah, it feels you know it felt labored, but this feels like oh yeah, of course. There's different versions that come out. There's sequels to games. Yeah, and it's like a natural way to arrive at this crisis yeah. of the game ending. Yeah, and the phenomenon of like players lamenting a new version of a game is common. Yeah. So it yeah, feels yeah. like, yeah, of course, that, that's something we could think about and bring into the story. Um, so thank you for that, Adam. We will keep it in mind. Yeah. <laughs> now, you said you had some thoughts about plot. Sure. Well, so I, what I meant to do more detailed this week, this is exactly why we need to take a break so that I have time to, you know, <laughs> generate more material. But um, I wanted to sort of just, for my own... Uh, I feel like we've been talking a lot about uh, who these people are and what this world is and kicking around elements, and I want to certainly continue to do that and not lock anything down, uh-huh. but we're getting to a point where for my process, I sort of start need, I need to start kind of putting things into a narrative sequence yeah. um, so that I know where we are and things like that. So uh, these are all just sort of shower thoughts of like... Uh, oh, it could be this, it could be that. Um, but just to sort of create a structure, um, we've got our, let's call, I went with characters Y and Z. Okay. And let's say Y is younger mm-hmm. and is the college age person, um, probably male, playing female in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then person Z is uh, older, probably female, also playing female in the game, um, the more sort of established a person in in her life and and um, maybe probably in a relationship, married, what have you. Okay. Um, and then I think uh, another sort of like piece of background. I had the idea, and I honestly can't remember why I thought this was good, but I remember thinking like, "Ooh, that helps." Um, is if person Y, the younger one, um, has played the game in a lot of different ways like, has gone out and been the adventurer or done whatever it is that you're supposed hmm. to do mm-hmm. um, and is now coming back and sort of restarting. Um, oh, okay. And I... Either that was just to help with exp- exposition of, like, 
knowing so that we know what else is out there, what have you. Ah, right, um, right, right. Or just the idea that, um, I don't know, like, that there's different perspectives on why you are sort of staying at this low level. Um, like, because uh, to some degree it's like, I don't know, if you're only ever playing the game in this one way, isn't there, like, wouldn't you be curious to go out? And I don't really right. want that pressure to be in the plot. But anyways, so uh, I also like the idea that this person, like, plays games all the time. Mm -hmm. And this other person really only does this, like, in, like, she doesn't have a whole lot of free time because she's working, doing all these things, and, like, this is just sort of her way to relax. Um, I liked the idea that what um, prompts their meeting is some sort of exchange that the game requires of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, like possibly, like, I don't know, you had said, like, a form needs to be signed. Sure. And whatever that is. And I guess I think that maybe the younger person should come to this, uh, the person Y should come to person Z with this need. Mm -hmm. And, like, that prompts this interaction of, like, um, or, like, oh, I don't know, I'm not interested in advancing or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I haven't figured out what that is, but like kicking off the conversation uh, in that way, mm -hmm. it could also go the other way of like, oh, I'm supposed to, uh, I don't know. But anyways, I like that interaction. Um, and then um, you're just sort of in this world. Uh, I like this sort of discovery that you can kind of like game the system mm -hmm. some way. Mm -hmm. um, and then. I don't know, I kind of feel like we're just hashing this all out again. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Oh, it's fine. Uh, but so then um, you are discovering that you can game the system. Uh, I mean, marriage of the characters might be one way, but I, I think it might be better, having listened to the algorithms, I feel like just a, a discovery that, like, if we... if The way that we are playing the game is valuable beyond just like uh the the relaxing environment that we mm -hmm, have mm -hmm. um but then the real discovery is that i am sort of falling in love with this person yeah um i don't know how to get them to do it to do what like to have sex in the game um that feels like a barrier to me <laughs> cuz i think i think it's important right isn't it? It's important to have sex in a relationship. Well, are we? Uh, maybe I am I completely like off base? Is no, that no, 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 no. I feel like that's something we have to. I feel like that'll become clearer once we actually write stuff. In other words, because at that point we can start to figure out when, when, when our seeds dropped. When does mm -hmm. so and so? You know, we can decide when is so and so actually started to be more attracted to this person when is it actually that they're sacrificing something for this person whether you know a small sacrifice like giving up time giving up money whatever it is um not that those are small but yeah. uh we can track that so that it feels like it escalates into the act of sex yeah in other words it's not just like they're gonna just do it now it's like we as the audience should be seeing we kind of know what's happening yeah. as audience members so that's something we can decide. And I think that'll come clearer when we actually 
map it. Or when we actually have something written, I yeah. think. <laughs> no, that's true. Because then we can decide, like, why is he doing this? It's for these reasons. And yeah. then, oh, he's actually falling for her. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I do think... Um, I, I have a pretty clear con- concept of, or, of who Person Z is, like, um, and the life outside the game, I guess. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, um, I don't know, it's, it's a marriage. I think she's got a stressful job. I was sort of circling the drain around, like, hospice nurse oh. or something like that. Uh-huh. I guess it's not, like, super stressful, but it's, like, long hours, uh, and, and, and it takes an, it's not, like, I mean, physically taxing to a certain degree, but also just, like, emotionally taxing. Sure. And, like, a lot of um, dealing with new people all the time and sort of having to be on in a certain way all the time. Um, And so then this is a way to sort of be off. Yeah. um, And to be not yourself. Um, Right, right. uh, And so something like that... um, but then, and so, but then, like, what I keep forgetting is that, like, events in the game don't have to always be um, prompted by other game events. Like, mm-hmm. her behavior in the game can be a response to things happening oh, yeah. outside the game. Um, like, you have an argument, and yeah. that, or something comes up at work or whatever, and that leads you to propose something to this person that you're in this online relationship with yeah. and then you and then you have sex or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I don't have a clear and that that feels sort of also pretty easy to stage for me, I guess. Like What do you mean? Like um it's just like, like we don't we life. don't ask we don't need to see her at work or we can or whatever, but like um yeah, her life is like the people in her life are are there. Like they're in her house mm-hmm. or her work or whatever those seem like clear locations where there are yeah. people if it's a college student i guess it's a dorm like what are the what are this what are person wise close relationships outside of the game or do they ha- not have them or what is it a family mom or dad or is it roommates yeah, um, that's funny because I actually feel like I have an idea for that character. Yeah. For person Y. I mean, I, we touched on possibly making them Asian American. Uh-huh. And I feel like I knew this guy in college. Sure. <laughs> as far as, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure this exists in a lot of other ethnic cultures, but, like, there's almost like a, uh, what's the word? Like, college is a given. Okay, okay. You know, in your in your path it's like you're going to go to college and so there's a lot of shame for kids who don't go to college but so for somebody who for whom college is a given Mm -hmm. i feel like there's kind of this sense of like well i'm on this major track i'm gonna study x i don't know what that is but it can be very practical i think for this character because Uh it's about what's going to sustain me money wise um but there's not a whole lot of knowing yet what comes after college which i know is pretty common but it's almost like that that track of school has protected you from thinking too much beyond yeah. that. There, it's I'm sure it's changing now, um, but I feel like parents who were uh, immigrants to this country that were Asian that I knew growing up were less inclined to be like, what what 
goal do you want to set for your life sure. post-college? It was more like you go to college and get a job. Yeah. And there wasn't a whole lot of nuanced thinking that was encouraged. Uh-huh. And if a child veered from that path, there was kind of this disbelief of like, what? what? Yeah. Why? So for this guy, I imagine that he's... He might. He probably has close buddies. Sure. I don't think he's in a frat or anything, but it's like he has his apartment mates or dorm mates, uh-huh. what have you. Um, but they're all. They might all kind of be in the same boat as far as like they. It 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 maybe is a little bit of like a stunted adolescence of like they're still wanting to be the teenagers playing video games and not having responsibility, but this like threat of graduating is on the horizon. Yeah. And the longer, what I imagine is like the longer he can just delay that or not. <sighs> Oh. Whoa! Whoa! Someone is ringing my doorbell. <laughs> um, Music I, cue. Okay. <laughs> so as I was saying, <laughs> um, yeah. So that the, the for person Z, we talked about. I, for, well, first of all, I should back up and say I really like this idea that any any topic or any like event or thing that they're engaging with in the game. I think it's really interesting if they always are not doing it for the same reasons or motivations. Yeah. So what you were describing, uh, well, she goes to this game to kind of get away from her life responsibilities. It's maybe there's a similarity, but he doesn't have those life responsibilities yet, yeah. and he's trying to delay that from even how he doesn't want to think about. It. So there is an escapism, but it's a different turn on escapism. Totally. Well, and what I liked about. One of the things that I latched onto about what you said is like this sort of um, in in a context where like you are doing what you are supposed to do, mm-hmm. and especially like a, a talented student uh, who's gotten into a top university and is supposed to go be a doctor or something, supposed to do something that they themselves may not be passionate about. Yeah, it's like um, you can. Do but they are so I guess like potentially passionate about playing this game or it's not a passion project it's it's um, just sort of a fun escape but like to have a relationship there mm-hmm. like it becomes especially if it's like a you like I'm I'm gonna be a doctor or whatever mm. like I I could do that and if I'm doing it for you then suddenly there's like meaning injected into mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. thing that I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Um and that can be something that this person could grasp onto of like, oh yeah, I like I'm I'm on this track and I don't know why I've been doing it, but I'm I know I've I realize now I've been doing it so that I could be a good partner to you. Uh uh-huh. Um and that is sort of an unhealthy way to yeah, lead your life, but um I mean not necessarily, I guess, if everyone's well, on board. But um <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I don't know. So th- that dynamic is interesting to me. Yeah, I like also that if person Z is doing the thing that she's passionate about, um, but that pa- that passion is still like hard work. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And maybe person Y doesn't get that yet. Uh-huh. That why can't it just be like a certain way like why can't i just do what i want to do whatever that is and yeah. it just be like why does it have to be more school why does it have to be responsibility um they're almost like a letting having to let go of this idea that he's he can be sheltered and everything's paid for and he can play video games all day yeah uh a growing up essentially i think is what this character would need to go through 
Yeah, well, I think also, like, um, a video game can be sort of a balm for the anxiety of um, aimlessness. Mm-hmm. Like yep. it's a it's an intention it's a it's an external structure that in which you can participate and succeed by like following game logic. Yep. Um, whereas the real world, like I, there's an enormous amount of pressure on the other like one to like do what you're supposed to do, but then on the other side, it's like what's what are you passionate about? Yeah. And I think a lot of people really struggle to answer that question. Yeah. And that can be really if you're supposed to structure your whole life around what you are passionate about yeah then um if you don't know what that is then it's like i'm gonna just do my classes and play this video game right i and i was just thinking like even that life path that's laid out before you if uh, sometimes we can view it as a video game type setup sure, where it's yeah. like oh if i achieve this then i'll get to the next level on this yeah and I think there can be a rude awakening of sorts when he meets this person and he's like, I think I love you eventually. Mm-hmm. And then like, how do we make this happen? What's the way to achieve this? Yeah. But she might already know that, I don't know, maybe she can attempt to and gets caught up in his excitement around it for a bit. But then she might be the first to recognize like life isn't like this. Yeah. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, there are these real things that you just end up being stuck in or having to do, but you make the most of it. I don't know. We can decide what, where yeah. we want to land thematically. Uh-huh. Um, well, and I don't know. They still, they still might end up together. They still might. Yeah. That's true. Um, I don't think we should discount that as a possibility. Yeah. I haven't really thought about, I guess I, now that we're talking about it, I've been sort of assuming that they won't end up together, but that's where my brain was, but. I mean, it feels. I but uh, but I think it's a. I think we have to think about what conditions. Yeah. We they can would Schrodinger's cat it and have both happen. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we can just do like the movie Clue, and depending on which night, depending on which night you come see it, it'll. I mean, that would be memory. kind of a fun if we did that. That there might be a fun element of like the audience gets to play a game a little bit and like decide. Oh man, I saw. <laughs> I can't remember what sheer madness. Is that a show that? Is the real show, but shears spelled with yeah, yeah, yeah. E-A, like uh-huh. like shears, like hair yeah. cutters. I remember seeing that title somewhere. Yeah, it was a play. I think we saw it at the Kennedy Center one uh-huh. time when we took a, a, a high school trip to Washington D.C. Uh huh. And we saw Sheer Madness, and it was a show that um, there was some sort of mystery. I think a murder, probably, <laughs> um, in a salon, and maybe the, with shears. Yeah, but the second act involved them uh doing like a close a locked room sort of detective scene uh-huh. but they would get the audience the audience could like ask them questions and uh i just <laughs> just remember one uh, there were I, there were a couple of different things that were memorable but for me personally i was so it was so clear to me who the murderer was based on the clues <laughs> that had been presented and no like the the audience did not agree and they just like voted for like the silliest character just because they were popular yeah and Ugh. i was like you are <laughs> ruining this <laughs> we're letting the murderer get away <laughs> um and but then also the show like whoever you voted for was right like they just oh made they that. made the ending yeah. happen that way it's yeah. like drood yeah Drood's yeah yeah like that, i yeah. guess so but it, yes but it was 
it was frustrating because it was like this is like it they then like altered the story after the fact to like <laughs> give this unlikely character this ending and it was like this is bad plotting but i'm i'm sure i was just supposed to think it was a fun romp <laughs> <laughs> well so maybe we shouldn't elicit that kind of uh anger from an audience rage. member. Rage. <laughs> right. Unbridled rage. And we don't have to think of this yet, but I have toyed with that thought of, like, and I'm sure many people have. I'm sure it's been done before where it's, like, some kind of voting or some kind of, like, um, yeah, but, I mean, I, I'm also drawn to ideas, like, have you played games that are just kind of more emotional in content anyway? That I forget what game it was, but there's one game where you start off as a meteor and okay. you just kind of float around. And then this other meteor joins you, and it, and it kind of copies you, and okay. then you kind of like can crash into each other, and it's like you're playing with this other meteor, yeah. And then you realize you're heading towards a planet. Oh. And I think it's like you can choose to block that path oh. for so that the other meteor lives, or like let that meteor hit the planet and die. And like in the span of like three minutes, you're like. Ah, yeah. I don't want either of us to die, but that's the choice that you're faced with, uh-huh. and it ends up being this really emotional thing. Yeah. So in a similar vein, I don't know if we want to do this, but I like this thought of like not knowing how it's going to end, and seeing what we can get out of that. That yeah. if there is a choice, I don't know if it has to be audience, but maybe even the characters themselves imagine mm-hmm. possible endings. Yeah. Like best possible ending. Worst possible ending, sure, yeah, that kind yeah, of, yeah. which is very much a game thing, um, and we feel the emotional costs to these three to seven different endings. I don't know how many yeah. we want, but well, <laughs> um, the 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 series finale of the show Community. Don't um, tell me. Oh, I haven't gotten there yet. Are you <laughs> Are you interested in in getting there? Yeah. Okay. I'm in great. season six. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Okay. Then, yeah. yeah. I will. I will let it go. <laughs> but it, I'm guessing it has to do with the whole dice rolling trope. That not trope, but the conceit of the dice and the a different universes. I, okay, I'll, okay. Let, I'll let you watch it. Uh, okay. It's. I. I thought it was really good. I really cool. liked how they did it. Yeah, I, um, I haven't gotten to it yet. I want to. So yeah, I will, <laughs> we, we yeah. might cut that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so. What is helpful right now? I mean, like, we're kind of uh, approaching the end of the episode, I think. Yeah. But um, I still think I'm thinking regularly about your sort of opening music in the game and it being, but, like, us not knowing that it's the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Although I, like, I liked the idea of, like, like spotlight on, like, an office worker kneeling and then, like, <laughs> standing up, and then, like, but as if we're just sort of talking about the the regular world as, like, a rat race yeah, kind of game, yeah. um, but then discovering that it is, in fact, the game. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I wonder if is, is if this is a better conversation, because it gets kind of logistic-y to mm-hmm. have offline, but I'm also still curious about how... You know, we talked about it in the mini-sode, but how do we divvy this up? How do we actually start the writing? Yeah. Um, and I guess what we talked about was, like, I feel drawn to work on this, and I feel drawn to work on that. I already know that I won't have a lot of time yeah, in the well, coming that's, months. That's why we're taking this break. That's why we're taking um, the break. But, uh, yeah, I I mean, I, I sh- 
should have before we recorded, like, really fleshed out this outline. But this talk has been good as far as clarifying Yeah, that. no, I think it's fine um, without having the outline. But, uh, but I, but I think we should start, I think we should start outlining. Great. And then, um, we can look at that and, I don't know, I guess I'm, I'm wondering what, I feel like this is where projects get, this is where sort of rubber needs to meet the road. Like, um, mm-hmm. we will outline it and then we will write some dialogue. I feel like we, <laughs> I feel like we want to sort of do some music first or yeah. yeah you know i honestly think i think we want to find your find, figure out what the i want songs are yeah it might behoove us yeah behoove us to find time that's longer than these sessions yeah in other words deciding that two days worth of work is just fleshing things out and as far as the podcast is concerned we can turn off the mic, turn on the mic, turn off the mic, and decide, like, now we're having a discussion, so it's time to do a podcast episode. Sure. Versus needing to record everything or not recording any of it. Uh, And I think if we were to set aside a longer period of time to, like, throw ideas around, write things down, put an outline up on a whiteboard, erase things, we might come away with something more than meeting up once every week or two. Yeah. Or three or four. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, I think that's um, right. So maybe we can schedule that, and then we can... I don't know if I want to reveal this, but we can record like five or six podcast episodes just on those two days. <laughs> just because the different things will come up in the moment, and we yeah. can kind of consider that a workshop. Do you yes. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But, so, so email us now. Because... <laughs> uh, because otherwise, we're not going to get it for five or six episodes. Yeah, email us your thoughts, your reactions, your ideas, your suggestions, your things that annoyed you when we talked about Harry Potter or Star Wars. And, well, and to be clear, I like both of those things. <laughs> I do. My best friend is a Star Wars fan. Yeah, I like them. I also like to critique them. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Anyway, uh, cool. So we'll do some chatting, scheduling, and we'll be seeing you all in a few a few weeks weeks months maybe no i hope not months no not months expected in a few weeks if you don't hear a podcast in a few weeks get upset get upset send us an email and we'll at least try to do a mini sode if we can yeah (laughs) all right all right bye bye amwem is produced by austin zumbro and min kong theme song composed by austin zumbro performed by austin zumbro and min kong logo designed by melissa nigro if you like our podcast leave us a review and subscribe